What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We've got a PW Torch VIP sale going on this month. If you are interested in becoming a VIP member, you can get $6 off any subscription. That brings a one-month sub down to 4 bucks. And you can listen to our AEW Revolution post-event roundtable. Todd Martin, Rich Fan, and I discuss the event for about an hour right after the show ended exclusively for VIP members. You also will get the WrestleMania post-show roundtables following night one and night two at the beginning of next month as part of that deal. And you get everything in between. I have brought back the Ask the Editor version of the Wade Keller hotline. The last two Wednesdays, we've dropped that with me responding with long-form answers to a wide array of topics. And the Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE Insider News Updates with my expanded analysis have also been brought back more frequently lately, including breakdowns of minute-by-minute numbers for Dynamite and SmackDown in two recent updates. And also behind-the-scenes news on Bray Wyatt and how he's being written and by whom, and other exclusive backstage notes and insights. We also are running our 18 Years Ago podcast series on the nearly 18th anniversary of podcasts when they were originally published back in 2005. We feature them on the PW Torch VIP podcast feed. This includes our post-pay-per-view roundtables and also Wade Keller hotlines with a ton of insider news. And right now, this week, we are running a series of podcasts detailing with incredible behind-the-scenes details, sometimes excruciating details, on what was going on with Edge, Lita, and Matt Hardy in that uh, kind of love triangle controversy of 2005 that uh, changed the course of, of several careers. At the time, I reported a ton of details on how the locker room was reacting to them, uh, how Vince McMahon, if he was involved, because Vince was actually away with his injury at that time, uh, if he was involved, and just uh, the, the ups and downs and the drama of everything that, that blew up behind the scenes there. It's also the beginning, 18 years ago, of John Cena and Batista's push, and there's a lot of fun analysis of what we thought of them at the beginning of their upward trajectory. I could go on. There's just so many great VIP exclusive features. You get these shows ad-free and plug-free, and you get access to our ad-free Lightning Fast VIP website with all the content that's on the free site, plus bonus content, including the roundtable reviews in written format 
from the Torch staff of AEW Revolution. We'll be doing that for WrestleMania coming up also, plus exclusive columns and more. So go VIP, pwtorch.com slash go VIP. The coupon code to get $6 off, and you can apply that $6 coupon to a one-month, a three-month, or a one-year sub. But again, that brings a one-month sub down to $4 for everything I just mentioned and more. The coupon code is March 23, March 23. Enter that when you sign up at pwtorch.com slash govip. And yes, we are compatible with the Apple Podcasts app. When you sign up, you'll get an email and you click on that link and it authorizes you. No advanced settings, no passwords, nothing complicated. And we are compatible with many other podcast apps in a similar way. pwtorch.com slash govip, March 23. Good time to go VIP. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to the 90s Past Cast. I am your host this week, Patrick Moynihan, joined as always by Alex McDonald. Alex, how you doing this week? I'm good, Patrick. I'm good. You didn't so happen to see the AEW pay-per-view, did you? I know you're, you know, such a huge fan. No. No. <laughs> you know, I've said this before. If they would get on a streaming service and it wasn't so damn expensive, I would watch one. Well, you know how Tony Khan likes to throw out these claims of big news and announcements coming, and the last one was a pretty painful one to listen to as far as them just having a reality show. Uh, he did say that before the pay-per-view this weekend, this past weekend, that uh, there are more big announcements coming. So I don't think a streaming service is, is imminent, but I would love to hope that's not too far in the future because I'm right there with you. I don't know why they can't just get on HBO Max. Like, do they not have as good of a relationship with um, Warner as we think? I mean, every time 
I hear news about it. And of course, they're going to, you know, pump it up as far as it being a great relationship. I mean, it does sound like it's very good. You know, case in point, last night, they do a lot of cross promotion on Dynamite last night. They had actually Tony Khan on screen, which is rare, talking about um, Shazam, like helping promote Shazam, the new movie. So that was kind of different, but um, they've done like cross promotion with um, Game of Thrones. They do that. And uh, I think the um, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong was another one that came, comes to mind. I think there's another one that I'm, I'm forgetting about. Maybe Batman as well. I want to see themed wrestlers for all of that. <laughs> well, they they end up doing like themed shows like the um, Winter is Coming is a seasonal one they'll do every year. And that's actually a one of their big dynamite episodes usually. And then they did do like a King Kong Godzilla themed um, show. Actually, I think the other one I was forgetting was um, another, like the new um, game of Thrones, like the, um, the, the dragon. And that was kind of a cool tie in. So, but they but, didn't get zombies or dragons. So. No, not zombies. <laughs> Uh, are you referring to the ill-fated ECW revival with the zombie? Oh, I forgot about that. That wasn't even a tie to everything. That was just terrible booking. Oh, so funny. Man. Well, we are not here to talk about zombies anymore. We're really talking about 1993 Pro Wrestling. Um, we are talking about, more specifically, issue number 216 of The Torch, dated March 1st, 1993. A uh, lot to get to here this week. We're going to talk a little bit more about Kerry Von Erich and his passing, really more specifically the benefit show being held in his honor uh, to support his family. Uh, we have a brand new Torch Talk with Dirty Dutch Mantel of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, talking about his career in pro wrestling, uh, and also a below the bottom line that's going to be examining the future of WCW after Super Brawl 3 that you and I um, just reviewed the last episode. Um have you given any more thought to that show or is it completely in the rear view mirror? Uh, it's pretty rear view. I mean, it was pretty solid. I, what's funny is <clears throat> obviously I've seen a lot of 93 WWF, but WCW, I think a lot of it has been very sparing, but I've always heard it's good. So that was a good start for their pay-per-views for the year from what I've heard. And I'm, I'm ready to see the rest of them. So it did help from that standpoint. Yeah, it's funny because when I think of 93 WCW, I always feel like it's not good. But then again, I think what you're getting at is there are a lot of bright spots. I think a lot of I'm generalizing this, obviously, but I think the main event scene is pretty is pretty strong. It may be the undercard. That's really the weakest. But again, I'm just kind of going off of memory there. So I'm actually looking forward to get into that a little bit more as well and cover that. Well, and it's funny because you could <clears throat> I know everybody hates 93 WWF and I get it, but you could say a similar thing there where their top of the card is not that bad. The middle card and the bottom is just there's just not a lot of talent in these two companies, even though there should be more. But you're right. It's very top heavy on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about this, but WWF 93 is really the first year really since what, 84 slash five that they're really kind of pulling the curtain down, trying something new, um, not just recycling people, but 
maybe recycling to some degree, but not, you know, Luger's new to the company, for example, Matt Bourne's newer to the company, um, whether you like the Doink gimmick or not, things like that. So they're kind of not just relying on the um, the old stalwarts, you know, that's what I'm trying to get at there. No, and they were forced to. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> really, their whole company, even from when we started this show, is essentially completely different at this point and will be even more different as we get into the summer and yeah, yeah. The departure of somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we get into the bulk of the episode, I do I think it's time, Alex, for you to finally take the the trivia uh trails here. We 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 skipped it last week. Um, due to our Super Bowl three review, um, just kind of going to be one of our things here when we do have one of those uh, lengthier shows. We're going to skip trivia, but we're back at it. And kindly, Mr. Dennis Klein has uh, actually submitted this 10 days ago. So it's been in our inbox for some time. I hope he didn't peek, um, but we'll get right into it. Just a reminder, and Dennis does remind this in our email, you are up by uh, a few points here, 16 to 14 and a half. So we're cutting it. I'm cutting it close here. At least I'm getting getting some back. That, that's not right. It's 16 and a half to 15. Don't don't sell yourself short. Oh, okay. Back. Is it is it off? Okay. Oh, I'm I'm even closer. Good. Okay. So I'm I was reading um the email versus our document. So I'll I'll take I'll take an extra half point there. All right. So let's get to it. Um. Dennis says, and thank you, as always, Dennis, for doing this for us. Uh, he says, to recycle a past trivia subject, we were going with the who am I questions. So we're back at five total questions, Alex, for context. Number one, who am I? In the time period you're talking about, I was just signed by WCW, and I had my debut match on WCW Saturday night, January 23rd, 1993. I defeated enhancement talent Pat Rose. My time there did not last long, and I had my last TV match on May in May of the same year, where I lost while being teamed with Eric Watts. I did have a WCW World Tag Title match against the Hollywood Blinds during my time in WCW. My wrestling stardom really started to rise in 96, entering a new promotion and feuding with someone I trained with in 1989. There is a hint here as well, just if you're in one. The training with an 89 is what throws me off. What's the hint? This person's trained by the Sheik. Okay, it's not Sabu because he wouldn't have worked in WCW at the time. I I feel like it's wrong, but because of the Sheik clue, I'm going to go with my first instinct. Is it Rob Van Dam? It is Rob Van Dam. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Did you have any other thoughts going on in your head? Uh, Sabu. Yeah. But other than that, like, I, I wanted to guess uh, Flash Funk, but he does all that stuff in WC, or in ECW in 95, so the 96 thing doesn't really work. Right, right. But now well, you got not, it right on that. Give yourself a point. Uh, we'll move on to number two. Who am I? I was part of the 80s WWF boom in the tag team. We have a tag team title win that was erased from the history books. We sing our own theme music, so naturally we feuded with the team you're thinking of, the Rockers, in 1989. After the Rockers debuted a new theme song, which Marty and Sean were singing on the track. A link to it, well, uh, actually, this is probably more for us, but he does provide us a link to that um, track, which is kind of cool. 
Um, I did go on to have a decent singles career, winning the IC title once before forming another tag team and winning the tag titles three times in WWF. And again, there is a hint coming, but if you're not in need of one, we won't have to share it. Well, I was going to answer Marty Jannetty, but that's not the answer. <laughs> As I was reading the first sentence, because I forgot what the answers were, uh, I thought the same. <laughs> I thought it was one of the Rockers. Won the IC title once, and then won the tag titles three more times. Yep. Did Bulldog ever win the IC title a second time? Or just the once? I don't think I can answer that. Okay, that's my answer then. Is it Bulldog? It is not the Bulldog. Oh. It is Jacques Rougeau. Oh, I never would have got that. Really? Okay. Okay. I never would have got that. Um, yeah, and he does give us a nice YouTube clip of the... Uh, there, I, I do remember seeing this. I think the Rockers came out once to, like, fool, or not fool, but, like, kind of play around with the Rougeaus where the Rockers actually sing their own theme song. There's, like, lyrics to their theme. It's kind of weird. I'm glad that I wasn't watching during that period of time. <laughs> I actually wasn't either, uh, but I, I had just seen it not too long ago. All right, who am I? I am just going to list these champions that I've won, championships that I've won. I've won the NWA World Heavyweight title once. I won it and kept it for 14 months. The only reason I was in the match was because my brother didn't appear for the title shot. Interesting. I also won the NWA slash WCW US title twice, the WCW Hardcore title once, WWF tag title once. My tag partner gives away the answer, so we won't get there. ECW world title twice and the ECW TV title once. I've been in movies and worked behind the scenes. I choreographed the street fight in Rocky five between Rocky and Tommy Gunn. I am a legend in the business, having been inducted in the WCW in 1995 and WWE in 2009 Hall of Fames. Or is it Halls of Fame? Is it Terry Funk? Ding, ding, ding. Well done. Really? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Well done. I was worried I went too fast for you there, but that, uh, that's nice. The tag thing held me up because I obviously the answer is, <clears throat> is Foley. Mm, got it. Yeah, yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, moving on. Number four, who am I? I am mostly known by one name. I actually recently obtained the rights to my wrestling moniker after I claimed the WWE had given up and given their resignation. I am of the Tough Enough alum only making it to the top 50 in 04 because of bronchitis with a rib injury. I'm a former OVW heavyweight champion and one-time IC champ. I won the most overrated Observer Award in oh. 2012, despite having on paper a good two to three full year full years on the main roster. I won the IC title in 2015 and held it for 112 days before losing it at the 2015 Night of Champions to KO. Side note, the main event saw Seth Rollins defend the WWE title against the skateboard kid Darby Allen's buddy Sting. <laughs> and there is a quick hint, too, if, if you need it. I don't think I do. And you will never believe this. And neither will any of our listeners. <clears throat> but I was super into his initial run. Uh, well, <laughs> really? <laughs> second, second run. Yeah. Because uh, I guess the initial one was under a different name. But is it is it Ryback? It is Ryback. Well done. Well done. There was something I said that you reacted to. What did I what did I say in the hint? In the, the question, over, rather. The overrated thing. Oh, OK. Got it. When you say OVW and then overrated, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, that's who that is. Yep. All right, one last question. There is a bonus, too, but we have uh, number five of five. 
who am I? I won my second IC title in a battle royal. There was almost an eight-year gap between my third and fourth title win, and I've won it four times total. I am usually mentioned with three other wrestlers, never fully getting out of the shadow of one of them. Oh. I debuted in 95, and I'm still an active wrestler. Um, and then there's a personal opinion here by uh, Dennis. We'll keep aside, but any you, you reacted who, to that one as well. I know, I know who it is. Um, overshadowed by his tag partner because his tag partner's Edge, hmm. and I assume the other people he's mentioned with are the Hardys. Um, and the eight-year gap, it it has to be Christian because that has to be the time period he was in TNA. Was he there that, that long? He must have been. You're right, by the way. It is Christian. Um, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Unless, you know, depending on when he wanted coming back, right? Like, he didn't have oh, to yeah, get it yeah, right yeah. away. But still, he was there for at least five or six years. The And the Battle Royal, if I'm not mistaken, that kind of gave it away, too. Because I think when he wins it in the Battle Royal... Remember that period of time where they got rid of the IC title for like a year? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was Remember that? Not wise, I think he's yeah. the inaugural champion when they bring it back. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah, well done. So what are you up to now? I know we have the um, bonus. 20 and a half. Okay, so you could get to 21 here. All right, I have a lot of work to do next week. Here's the bonus. Of these wrestlers, and there's four of them, which did not have an ECW title reign that lasted less than a day? Oh, good lord. The four names. Sandman, Mikey Whipwreck, Tommy Dreamer, and Ezekiel Jackson. Okay. If you can't clarify this, that's fine. But they only held it once for a day? Or they've had multiple reigns, but three of the four had a reign that only lasted a day. Um, let me just try to digest what you're asking me. I think the question is, at least, it doesn't matter how many reigns they had, I don't think. I think it's just if one of their reigns uh, was more than a day is what he's asking. Like, who of the four had a longer reign? Got it. Because there's no other extra uh, explanation here. I don't know anything about Ezekiel Jackson. I remember, I don't remember what year, maybe 08 or something, maybe 10 actually. Um, didn't he win it at a rumble or something? And then maybe, I don't, I don't know when he lost it, but. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was such a cup of coffee in the business. It's not even <laughs> worth remembering. Um, it's either Sandman or Whipwreck, but the problem is, is I know both of them. They were both involved in that three-way with Austin. Right. I don't, I don't remember who the champion was. That's probably whoever the champion was is probably the answer. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Sandman, I guess. Well, you narrowed it down to to two, and one of them was correct, but you picked the wrong one. It was Mikey Whipcrack. Yeah, I figured that. He was a one-time champ for 42 days. Let me guess. He's the champion in the the match I'm thinking of, too? You know what? 
I bet you he is. I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, he might actually come out the champion. I feel like. I feel like Sandman might have gotten gone into the match as champ, but but I, I I'm sure someone can correct us, correct me rather, um, on that one. I mean, if you think about it, what a crazy match that was. Oh, the no Sandman kidding. and Austin actually in the same match was kind of cool, because you know obviously Stone Cold is very similar in many ways. Uh, and then of course, of course, you have Mikey Whipwreck, but, <laughs> but he was he got over he got over. One real quick email, uh, separate email from Dennis, because this is actually something we talked about last week, and I thought this was a really cool stat. He says, "Greetings, gentlemen. You two were discussing episodes of Raw versus SmackDown versus Nitro that have Hulk Hogan on it. Uh, did a, he did a quick IMDb search, and this is what he picked up. So this is according to IMDb." Hogan was on 153 episodes of Nitro. Yeah. 131 episodes of Impact. That doesn't surprise Can me. Can you believe? I, I, it shocked me. He was only in like basically 20 episodes fewer of Impact than Nitro. It does, but he didn't work. No, I know. I know. I know. Even still, though, it just, it just shook me. Um, And then this is another surprise, actually, based on what you and I were saying. 45 episodes of Raw, but only 31 episodes of SmackDown. I wonder if that's because Mr. America takes up the other spots. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, good point. you're laughing, but that could be a it thing. It could be. Maybe, maybe. Even still, though, I would have thought, like you said last week, um, he would have he would have, you know, significantly had more SmackDown appearances. Yeah, I thought he would have. too. But anyway. All right. So that's our emails for the week again. Wait, Feel free to reach out. Oh yeah, go ahead. He doesn't have any. Uh, how many episodes of Thunder he was on? <laughs> no. <laughs> were you were you talking about Thunder or Thunder in Paradise? Oh, they probably are the same number. They might be. They might be. <laughs> but if you would like to refill our inbox, first of all, thank you, Dennis, as always for for doing this. this is great. We I hope to uh, be able to master the trivia next week uh, if you have time to submit. And, uh, of course, if anyone else would like to reach out in any form, uh, please email us at torchpasscast at gmail.com. All right, getting back to the torch for this week, March 1st, 93, issue 216. The headline story, Carrie Von Erich Benefit, GWF holding benefit for Carrie's daughters in Dallas in April. Wade starts off, a trust fund has been set up by Gray Pearson, president of the GWF, and a benefit show for the late Carrie Von Erichs, also Real name, Carrie Atkinson's children, has been scheduled. The event will take place April 2nd in Dallas, Texas at the Sportatorium. The GWF is donating the entire gate receipts from that night uh, to the trust fund. All wrestlers will be donating their efforts as well. No complimentary tickets will be given away, as usually is the case, and ticket prices will be raised. Pearson has already donated $1,000 to the trust fund, the only other pre-event donation was a $500 gift by Max Andrews, the former owner of the GWF. We've talked about him on earlier episodes of our, our show. Unlike the Kerry Von Erich Memorial on February 19th, this event is being supported by his brother Kevin, uh, the last remaining Von Erich brother. Kevin had gone to TV stations protesting the February 19th GWF event billed as a memorial event for Kerry, uh, for saying the organization was exploiting his brother's death. 
Kevin will be wrestling in the main event on the April 2nd event, and Fritz, his his father, uh, and, of course, Carrie's father will be at ringside. Um, Carrie's funeral was held February 22nd at 11 o'clock in the morning at First Baptist Church in downtown Dallas. Um, attendees included the father, of course, Fritz von Erich, his mother, Doris, Kevin, WWF champ Bret Hart, his brother Owen, Jim Helwig, Scott Putzke, Terry Sims, Steve Dane, Calvin Knapp, former world-class ref Bronco Lubage, longtime friend of the family and referee David Manning, USWF promoter Bob Bedow, I'm not sure I know that individual, Tony Adams and Jimmy Papa, Carrie's two daughters, this is interesting, eight-year-old Holly and six-year-old Lacey attended but were somewhat unruly, not realize, realizing because of their ages what was occurring. And then, of course, uh, this is actually an interesting note. Fritz von Erich preferred Carrie's daughters not attend, but Doris and Kevin insisted. Paul Bears included Jim Helwig, uh, a longtime bodyguard, Bill Colville, and Carrie's ex-father-in-law. Uh, and it kind of goes on for some more uh, information there on the internment. Um. The media publicized the open funeral heavily, yet there were reportedly fewer than 500 in attendance in the huge church, far below the expectations based on David Von Erich's funeral, drawing over 6,000. Wade says, admittedly, that was at the peak of popularity for world class and the Von Erich wrestling family. Any reaction here? I'm not sure kind of what you react to in in a news story like this, but... uh, anything come to your mind uh, um i don't know bringing up the attendance is kind of odd the uh, this is totally off the beaten path so <laughs> michael hayes makes a lot of sense obviously yeah uh yeah. jim Helwig actually makes some sense too i don't understand the bret hart invitation um I guess. I mean, they work together. The, you know, I guess if you think about the family history, um, just in the business, second generation, maybe there's a connection there that we just don't know about. It has to be. It's just, I don't know. It seems like family, family to family in a way. Like, I can't picture Brett being friends with Carrie Von Air. I don't know. Yeah, they might not have been. But maybe again, like maybe just the kind of promoter son to promoter son in a way yeah, i don't know i'm just kind of thinking of of what that could be but you're you're right i don't think i've ever heard them being close otherwise the other part is um about the attendance yeah they were way hotter the period previous and not only that but like again it sounds mean but the first show had a world title match involving Ric Flair as the main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Kevin Von Erich, and unless I'm completely misremembering this, wasn't Kevin, like, the least regarded of the family? Athletically, I think he was one of the the most like athletic. But, but I think what you're thinking of, I don't think he was necessarily least, although maybe in the three he kind of was, but not that wasn't like a slam at him. I think he just, he kind of just stopped like wrestling for 
a while. I mean, he yeah. I, you don't hear his name after like the mid '80s. He kind of I don't say disappears, but he's not really present in the business. But that's what anymore. I mean. By by yeah. '93, he's a complete right. afterthought. Like mm-hmm. agreed, agreed. You may as well be going to see Dino Bravo or Jim, Jimmy Snuka at this point. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan shocked the world and formed the New World Order? Or when Stone Cold Steve Austin passed down in the sharpshooter to Bret the Hitman Hart? I'm Torch contributor Frank Pettiani, and I've reviewed these shows and many more for my exclusive VIP podcast, Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back 10, 20, even 30 years, review pay-per-views from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what took place then to what is taking place now. You get exclusive access to these and other podcasts as part of your PW Torch VIP membership, which is compatible with the Apple Podcasts app. Visit pwtorch.com slash govip for details and sign up for them. The other thing that comes to my mind when you bring up attendance, like obviously the promotion's not hot, but I also bet to some degree, and this does sound weird to say, but I bet people in the area that were just following his family for this these many years are just like exhausted from this stuff. Yeah, it's and it's you know burnout. Totally agree. Yeah, it's I mean it's obviously sad, not not slamming that in any way, but it's just like again, you know, it's 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 unbelievable to ever like the headline last week was pretty amazing um third suicide five of six you know brothers dead so people that lived in that area which you know that they grew close to this um this this, uh specific promotion of course the family too um, just that i'm sure they were just exhausted by it yeah yeah it's a sad situation but you're probably right and you brought up Lacey von eric why does that sound so familiar yeah she she does wrestle i don't watch no she does wrestle i don't think someone again correct me if i'm wrong i i don't think she's active in any major promotion um but she's been like uh kind of simmering in the maybe the indies for some time is how i describe it got it yeah i feel like she was in like the um may young classic i feel like she was in that i ask because it was news to me that tully blanchard had a daughter who was apparently like a menace oh yeah yeah, that's why I ask, because right. it's very clear that I'm sorry if if you don't work for WWE, I probably don't know who the hell you are. <laughs> no, I'm sure that's a lot of people. That's fair. Um, Wade ends this one, though. I didn't get to this part yet. He says, Bret Hart, Michael Hayes and Jim Helwig were invited to wrestle at the benefit show with transportation offered to be paid for them uh, as long as they donate their uh, their purses. Um, oh, Warriors no have shown up for that. Yeah, I mean, they were friends, and that—that that is a friendship that I have heard. Like they were friends, so maybe, but I—I I, I don't know. I—I I guess I—I I would be interested to hear what happens next week. You know, obviously, if this is covered further, actually, it wouldn't be next week. No, I'm—I'm I'm about a month away. We're about a month away from that. Um. Yeah, I, I guess we'll—we'll we'll, time will tell. Uh, anything else here before we move into some WF news? No, sad story. Hard to make it fun. Sorry. It is. It, it really is. is. Yeah. 
Uh, moving into WWF, some Raw news, and actually Raw and cable news, which is kind of fun because we talk about this ad nauseum, it feels like, uh, these days in wrestling. Raw cracked the top 10 cable list and came in seventh place with a 3.3 rating. Um, kind of cool to see this, I guess, in a way, because you know this is just the start of something big for them in, like, 30 years of uh, being in the top, like, five, really. I know it's crazy to think about that it started here um, for I don't know if you have it in front of you, but for nostalgia purposes, do you care to read off what beat it? Because yeah, I do sure. think it's funny. Absolutely. Um, the top rated cable show that week was the NBA All-Star Salute on TNT, earning a 5.4 rating. That's a uh, 3.1 million households, followed by Ren and Stimpy on Nickelodeon <laughs> with 3.8. Rugrats with 3.7, Fade to Black, which was a movie on USA with a 3.4, Murder She Wrote on USA with also a 3.4, Red Sonia movie on TBS with a 3.3, and then of course Raw with a 3.3. Uh, real quick, two <laughs> so great, huh? Two hours of boxing in USA the next night drew a 3.0 to finish on in 13th. No WCW programming or any other WWF program finished on the top three list for that week. The 3.3 rating is strong, almost assuring the continuance of the Raw format beyond the trial period the WWF originally planned. Yeah, I got news for you. That trial is going to last another 30 years. <laughs> is this the longest trial period ever? Oh, it has to be. <laughs> What's funny is like all the things they've tried after that, with the exception of SmackDown, which is kind yeah. of... Yeah. And even that has like some caveats because prior to them landing on Fox, that was like an also ran kind of show and was on like four or five different networks. Mm -hmm. So even that took a long time to find its footing if you really, really like want to break it down and think about it. But everything else they've tried from the late night stuff like velocity or metal or whatever that show was called. Yeah. To even stuff like shotgun Saturday night all failed miserably. Part failure miserably. And also part, I think like Vince just stopped. He gives up quickly. Oh, I agree. You know, but you're right. It, and it's, I'm glad you had me read that off because Ren and Stimpy and number literally number two, pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know, but does children's programming do that well now? See, so I have young kids. I'm going to guess. I don't know the answer to this. My guess is no, because they are so uh, well off. They can watch literally anything they want whenever they want. And when it's over, they watch the next one because they're yeah, streaming. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They don't know what com I mean, they know what commercials are, but they didn't know that that was the default <laughs> option for all of us. Well, and it's um, funny to think about, too, because do you remember from that time period, like you could rent like a tape of Ren and Stimpy, mm. but it's like four episodes. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like not even anything. It's like four episodes, maybe. And they're like 20 minutes a piece. So it's like, yeah, you know, an hour and whatever it is tape. It's just funny to think about. It's true. And now if you don't get like 20 episodes or more in a sitting then it's you got a problem yeah exactly 
Um, I know you you were well intentioned to provide us raw results, but as you said before, Wade does a good job covering them every week, so he does cover the March first raw. I do remember some of this, just reading off the results, especially this this first match, Brett Hart beating Fat Two in under 25 minutes. Wade notes uh, Brett actually bleeds in this one, probably hard way because it sounds like he's bled from the nose. Um, I remember this match because it seems like, one, it's kind of a rare Brett match in these early Raws, but also rare to see um, the head shrinkers broken up this way, too. Do you recall it offhand? I've seen it. Uh, this is, of course, Papa Uso. That's right. Good call out. And, uh, he. It's funny because he looks so much like really all of his sons in a different way when he's super young like this. Like Rikishi's look kind of changed a lot over the years and the older version of him doesn't look as much like his sons. But anyway, it's a little jarring when you see him younger that you could mistake him for an Uso or solo. But anyway, it's interesting because of the career he goes on to have. And clearly by giving him this opportunity, I make the assumption that of the two, he was the one they had higher hopes for. Yeah, I would have guessed that too. And before, I do remember before he does go on to have single career, a singles career, just as a viewer thinking he was the more, um, I don't know what the word is, but he was like the standout to me. There's always like seemingly a, a tag team member, whether they end up becoming a singles wrestler or not. Like, I don't know about you, but there often is a tag team member a member that you think oh that's the clear like leader in a way right oh for sure and he to me that's that he's the guy um some other results for this raw again march 1st doink the clown wins a squash squash match yeah squash match (laughs) after the match doink threw a pie in the face of rob bartlett which the fans popped for i kind of forgot rob bartlett was still here i this has to be if this isn't the last episode it's on it's the second to last because it's he i don't think he makes it through mania i think you're right i and i i want to say like 13 is the number coming to my mind like where that's like as many episodes he's on got it but and that we're getting close yeah i think i think for sure he doesn't make it to mania and if he does he's gone by the end of it Anyway, um, Money Inc. was also interviewed by Vince McMahon of the ring. And DiBiase and IRS said they would put the WWF tag titles on the line against Hogan and Beefcake at WrestleMania. So that seems to be confirmed as well. OK, so if you're watching this live, you see that interview. Uh, are you psyched for that? Are you thinking, OK, Mania just got better with that tag title match on the line? Um, from a star power standpoint, yes. From a quality standpoint, not really. Uh, what's what's unfortunate if you're stuck in this time period, and this is, it kind of is what it is. But if you look at it from again the star point stand, the star power standpoint, yeah, this is fine, but you almost wish they would have found a way to get the titles on to the head shrinkers so that the head shrinkers and Steiners is the title match. 
and then this doesn't have the titles on the line and it's just a special attraction. That's fair. Yeah, and that's fair. That's, I, I like that idea. Yeah, that's the biggest thing because at least then the the match that is of quality kind of matters a little bit more. And this one, which doesn't really, I mean, let's be honest, it just doesn't matter. Like, even though the tag titles are on the line, I don't think, I don't know if anybody buys that Hogan and Beefcake are going to win the tag titles and have this huge run. And it's not like Money Inc. has been presented as like top tier tag champions. So I just think it's adding bells and whistles to something that doesn't need it. That's all. Yeah, not not really giving much away here, but what, how we've been covering Money Inc. to kind of what you're getting at, like they don't even they don't even finish matches; they just walk away. Yeah, like they're not presented as like they're one step above the Honky Tonk Man. I was just gonna say they're the tag team version of the Honky Tonk Man, except they've won multiple tag titles together. Honky Tonk had a much better, much better theme song, though. <laughs> he did, that's for sure. Maybe one day I'll sing it for everybody. <laughs> I don't know the words. Um, uh, moving on in this role, Lex Luger also won a squash match. In the final match, the Steiners won a squash. Can you imagine that being, uh, we talked about this on, like, Superstars with, you know, just the end match being nothing. But this is Raw now. We're a live television, and the Steiners just win a squash match to end it. Uh, that's what we're dealing with here. And it's getting good ratings, by the way. Yeah, it's the thing is, is with with the big match at the beginning of the show, I'm fine with it, though, because you're not getting that on superstars. So it's at least different enough to where it doesn't feel so samey, which is actually why I think they're getting the ratings they are. Yeah, because they're giving you something. And before somebody fires back with the whole. Oh, well, WCW has been doing that for years. Yeah, but people are sick of it because they've been doing the same thing for years. If you're a WWF fan, getting a 20-something minute Bret Hart title match on television is totally new to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not to mention the atmosphere that, that they're in here, the live atmosphere. Whether this was taped or not, actually, I don't know if I got that offhand. But nevertheless, the their atmosphere alone sells it for me. In many ways, like I can go back and watch these early ones, even though the quality isn't that great, like in ring. It's just fun to see a totally different vibe and again, atmosphere for for this company. Yeah, it's a great change of pace. Yeah. Um, The February 22nd Raw that was covered last week had standing room only tickets sold due to Hulk Hogan's appearance, who is said to get a huge pop, even in front of these this rowdy kind of anti-face crowd in New York. Um, a note here, Randy Savage will face Jerry Lawler in Memphis on February 22nd, which is noted here as being head-to-head with WCW. That's kind of cool. It's a cool throwback. I mean, in 93, it maybe doesn't have as much of a big uh, appeal, although to, to those, you know, Again, in 93, watching those that followed Memphis in the 70s and early 80s probably think this is pretty cool, right? Yeah, not only that, didn't Savage work there? He did, briefly. He did. Um, He had his own promotion, which was kind of like the uh, Renegade promotion with his father and brother. 
Yeah. And then that went down, and then um, he joined. Because when, when they had their own promotion, they would call out Lawler and, and everyone on that, in that, in, in, you know, the other promotion. Um, And then, yeah, he joined. Kind of cool. You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it'll also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. Yeah, so it stands to reason that they would rekindle something a few years later. Again, by 93, um, I get where you're coming from. But you have to keep in mind that Lawler is still positioned in Memphis as being in his prime and not being old. Right, like right. so much so that I'm sure you remember this, but like when they denied that Brian Christopher was Lawler's son on WWF television years mm-hmm. later, mm-hmm. that started because of all this and Lawler actually being like very insecure that his son was old enough to wrestle. So that's why they changed his name, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the point is he's still portrayed as being like young and in his prime. So in the Memphis area, this is probably a bigger deal than we realize, uh, especially head to head with the WCW show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to take some notes here. That match lasted just under 10 minutes, too. And actually, one of the things you mentioned, too, saying how Lawler's still a big deal in his area. Sadly, Savage should have been or could have been, but he was, you know, not only de-pushed, but devalued by Vince in the booking. And um, once 92 ends, he's kind of that's kind of it for Savage's run here. Yeah, unofficially. Rules in two Royal Rumbles will do that to you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I give him a pass in '92 because of the bloodlust he had for for Jake the Snake. But um, in '93, all bets are off. It, uh, like, not to get in too much of a sidebar. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know, I know you've talked about like the idea of Savage and Brett mm-hmm. at at Mania 9. But if if you continue with Savage as an active competitor, what does the rest of his 93 into 94 look like? And had he not been relegated to the announce desk, do you think he even leaves? It, yeah, that's a great that last part. Um Probably not, unless there's something else. Again, it so, feels so like muddy with those two, Vince and Savage, like something else happened. 
but maybe not. Maybe it just came down to I know they've rumored that's been out there, but I don't buy that, by the way. Um what? I don't buy it. Oh yeah. Um I think I think yeah, I think he would have stayed longer if he wasn't relegated to announce announcer. As far as the rest of '93, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, he probably would have maybe like a Shawn Michaels feud, and actually that was a something that I think he wanted to do, like a year long feud um, with Michaels, and then end up kind of just putting him over. So maybe that's where that could be more viable of an option for him. Yeah, I see that. The crush thing was going to happen either way because they were buddies. Um, true, true. Which is more end of the year. Unfortunately, end depending on who you ask. But yeah. it, I think it's funny to think about had Sta- Savage stayed, what does like his role in 1995 look like when there's nobody that works here anymore? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you have Savage and Diesel for the title? You know, the return of the Macho King instead of Mabel? Hmm. Or hmm. like if you get into... 96 and 97 do we have like a weird ringmaster versus macho man feud at some point oh my goodness that's cool yeah isn't it weird to think about all that's very weird yeah do you think not exactly because it's it wouldn't work this way but do you think his gimmick in 96 wwf would have been or even 97 would have been kind of similar to his nwa gimmick in like '97, WCW obviously NWA wouldn't be part of it, but like he would he have turned more edgier kind of? Uh, maybe. I mean, uh, maybe because he always changed still, himself up. Yeah, I don't know if the madness thing happens. The not the I should rephrase that. The whole thing with like Miss Madness, like that he did later with the mesh shirt with his nipples sticking out. I don't mm, know if that happens. Right. right. But the earlier version of that, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, it's weird to think about. And to your earlier point about the rumors and thinking of like '96, Macho Man and Hunter Hearst Helmsley sure would have been interesting, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, how about a Macho Man Mankind match? Or yeah, you, that too. Yeah, or that or Vader. Cool. Oh yeah, there you go. Man, we're just writing a lot of good scripts here with. Uh, with savage i like how i nonchalantly didn't even like respond to you saying oh you know when he had the nipple shirt I'm like yeah mm-hmm. you, yeah you remember <laughs> what i'm talking about right That's i, un- I of co- described that version of of him. course of course <laughs> um there is a note here Shawn michaels we talked about him he's actually out with a separated shoulder so he's out of action for a little while um, there's also a note, Andre the Giant's ashes buried at his LRB North Carolina ranch on February 24th. I feel like when we talked about his passing a few weeks ago, um, his ashes were spread somewhere else. So that could have been like part of his ashes. And this is like the other part. There's a if lot you, of ashes in that urn. I'm sure. Big I'm guy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, last year, last note here on WWF. Uh, Sherry Martel said to no, no longer be aligning to anyone specifically, but will just be ringside during Shawn Michaels matches. So basically, whoever he's facing, she will align with for that evening or that uh, run um, just to kind of go against him. Again, I talked about this before. 
really the end of 92 when she gets hit with that mirror is to me is like the end of her run here like they they kind of don't have anything for her to do yeah this is all very superfluous i don't see this feels like a situation where we're paying her we may as well use her but unfortunately her time has kind of come to an end mm-hmm. it we're going to talk about this a lot over the next year or two especially next year but in a way the monday night wars were good for something that nobody really talks about and it's the ability to leave and go somewhere else and become relevant when you're stale Mm -hmm. and obviously that didn't work for everybody like i just brought up crush like when crush became brian adams in wcw nobody gave a shit about that like, let's not act like that was a big reinvention. And, you know, there's dropping the ball with, like, Brett. But there's also situations where that person was just kind of done where they were and didn't really have anything else to do. And it was just time to move on. And I wish in in today's climate with AEW and WWE, it, I wish there was more. I don't, I don't want to call it an open door because that's so stupid. But I just wish there was more of that because, like, for example, somebody like Randy Orton, in my opinion, would benefit greatly from a change of scenery. Yeah. And you guys would benefit from having him. Yeah. Yeah, I agreed. The As you were describing that, a lot of head nodding happening over here. But the one thing that's different between I, – I love your take on this. But the one thing that I see that's different between then and now is we haven't had much – back and forth yet but what we have seen and when we've seen people come to aw and the the cody's the best example of going to wwe they are not changing their gimmicks at really at all no like everyone's the same which isn't the worst thing in the world because it does give them you know new opponents and stuff like that which does make them feel fresher sure but yeah it would be nice and like a good example of this is is Actually, somebody who's still active. But, like, look at the natural Dustin Rhodes goes to WWF and totally reinvents himself. Right. 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 I wish we got something similar to that. Yeah. And, unfortunately, I just – I don't see that on the horizon anytime soon because I do think if and when, probably closer to the when side, MJF makes the move, he's going to be the same guy. Probably. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. But – it would be interesting to see somebody change a little bit. Agreed. Exactly. Exactly. Um, anything else on the WWF? Yeah, you you brought up Cody, and I really, really want to go on a rant, but I'm going to save it. Is it pro-Cody? Let me just – is it pro-Cody rant or is it anti-Cody rant or neither? Here's what I'll say. <clears throat> so – we we talked off air when he first made the move and you had told me that you had just we're just kind of over it and it is what it is and from from doing this show with you over the last year and some change i am a better fan because i respect your opinion and i listen to what you have to say and i don't always agree with you yeah but a lot of times you make me think of things i would not have otherwise like, just to pull the curtain back for people listening, like, we don't sit here and say, I'm going to say this, and then you're going to say this, right? Never, never. We don't, we don't do any of that. 
we talk before the show starts and we don't talk about the show at all. No. Everything that's on the show is off the cuff. And anybody who who plans what they're going to say or, or lets the other guy know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. We just don't because I think personally, and I think you agree, that the actual reaction to things on the air is better for the listener. And there's literal times on this show where you ask me a question. I'm like, huh, I don't know. I have to think about that. <laughs> and and it is what it is. But the, the point that I'm making is I should have listened to you because now I'm in that same camp. And if I hear this guy tell me about his daddy one more time <laughs> and not about why he should do anything, I'm going to lose my mind. Because if I didn't know any better, I would yes. think that Roman was wrestling Dusty at Mania yeah. and not Cody. So I this is not That's an insane. I told you this is not an I told you so statement, but I'm glad that I'm not alone in this. I'm sure there's other people out there too. Um, but like just hearing that affirmation is really good because the guy drives me insane, and I don't even watch him anymore. But I just I think he's made himself. I don't even know how to explain it because I've never really sat down and, and tried to digest this. This guy is on another level than any other wrestler in recent memory that is like he's made him kudos to him, by the way. Like if you can make money doing this stuff, it's great. But he's made himself in another stratosphere that I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I think you're right. I mean, if it's being able to cash in on your family history, then fine. Great. That's fine with me. But as a fan, I mean, it's brutal. He's like created this little universe for himself. And I think Wade actually coined the Cody version. I think it's really well done because it really sums it up uh, very succinctly. So I don't want to go on a rant either, but that's the one for some reason, the one guy in the, in the business, just as a fan perspective, that just <laughs> it irks me more than anything. And it's, Oh, it's so frustrating. It's so it, it's beyond frustrating. The other part too. and, and this is a it's separate but the same every idiot on the internet who is sitting here with the i'm bored with roman and i want cody to beat him i got news for you you are the exact same people that a month after cody's champion and he's feuding with austin theory are going to be complaining about how the title doesn't mean anything anymore because Cody is feuding with Austin Theory, and I can't wait until Cody loses the title because he's so boring. You're the same people. All you want is change, and it's it's frustrating. Just just accept what we have and enjoy what's been the greatest run of most of our lifetimes. Like, just please stop. It's very annoying. Just another quick reminder, pwtorch.com slash govip, coupon code MARCH23 gets you $6 off a VIP subscription this month. GoVIP here, our post-Revolution Roundtable podcast, exclusively for VIP members. That membership will give you instant access to our post-Revolution pay-per-view roundtable that we recorded immediately after Revolution for VIP members, and that will also include our Night 1 and Night 2 post-event roundtables, plus everything in between. Our 18 years ago podcast, vintage insider news updates from me and the Torch team, and new Wade Keller hotlines with exclusive news and many other features. Full details at pwtorch.com slash go vip coupon code march 23 gets you six dollars off 60 percent off a one month sub or six dollars off a three month or one year sub 
Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. pwtorch.com slash govip. I, I do give kudos. I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer decision for WWE to just keep the title on Roman for this long, but I give kudos to them because they have done this a lot over the last decades where they're just they're hot shot in the title because the fans want X, Y, and Z person to, to win it. And they'll do it, and then they'll just take it off the person. And it doesn't give anyone anything in the long run. So them kind of not going down that those roads anymore in the last – has it been two years, Alex? Two and a half, yeah. Yeah, so they've been – I mean, from that perspective, they've been doing the right thing, obviously. Easy for me to say, but they certainly have. Um, I'm coming around, especially because – I don't watch it proactively, but knowing about what's happening, mostly from you, but also listening to the torch and other sources that um, I'm not sure you have Ruben lose it at Mania. Uh, I'm in the same camp. Yeah, but it's it and it's not again. People are going to listen to this and what I just said. It's not that I don't believe in Cody. What I don't personally believe in is I think that the person that beats Reigns is somebody that can main event the next three to five WrestleManias. And Cody's almost 38 years old. Yeah. And he's got a lot of wear on those tires. And let's be honest, he just came off of a huge injury. And he's going to be a guy that works a lot. So everybody with, with the complaining about, Oh, I want a champion who's on TV every week. Be careful what you wish for. Because when Cody's defending the title on Raw against Elias because you wanted a fighting champion and you complain about that too, well, don't know what to tell you. Wow. Good. uh... All I said was, are we ready to go to WCW? (laughs) I'm sorry. We went down the – no, this isn't a you thing. It's just funny that uh, it's a good side side rant. It's, it's very it's oh it is such an utmost frustration with that said before uh we get to mania i will have a special message for cody rhodes on behalf of my tri- tribal chief so everybody <laughs> get ready for that because it's Man. Coming. and it actually yeah i mean real quick too as we record are we like three weeks away yeah coming quick yeah. huh yeah coming quick no i uh i appreciate that i always like a good side rant and uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, let's go to WCW. Um, we talked about Jim Ross. He is resigning from the company. On February 27th, he announced he was resigning, will be resigning. He announced it on his 900 line segment. Um, he's been telling friends as well. He plans to move from Atlanta back to Tulsa, Oklahoma. There is talk he could head to the WWF. No, no traction there yet, at least. But that could be something that happens. It's also noted he gave up a two-year, six-figure contract in order to leave. While you're on that topic, I think Wade did say this, so I'm not pulling this out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. 
But I want to say that Wade made a comment about it being out of Jarrah's character to give that up if he did not have something on the table. And the reason I'm asking you this is because obviously we have the benefit of hindsight. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know um, the answer to if he did, in fact, have a a handshake agreement or yeah. something in place at this time? Or do you not know the timeline of it? Because I don't. I, sh- I should know it's in this book, which I read uh, the first book. And I want to say that he did have a handshake. Um, don't quote me on that, but I, I think so. I think I think that lines up well. Uh, to what you said, Wade does say it would be surprising to many if Ross quit that contract without another option waiting for him with similar pay or possibly equally important for Ross, greater exposure on television. So, yeah, right, right on there. Um, and, and that if someone can line up with the personality of him that we do know. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. Yeah, especially that last part exposure on tv (laughs) um he talks about it himself though i've heard him say this many times just having a healthy ego that's not news oh yeah yeah um but email us torchpascast at gmail.com if you do have that timeline better than i do i i want to say yes though alex that uh he did he i I know the story him meeting with like vince in a parking lot outside of one of their house shows uh, or maybe it was a TV taping, rather, um, having a good conversation with him there. But I don't remember if he was actively um, signed for WCW or not. And when he and when he talked to Vince, picture this, pal. <laughs> You're exactly WrestleMania in a <laughs> toga. Exactly. The one thing I do remember, there's two things, actually. One, I think and I think this lines up one, I think um when he left that meeting, his tires were like all popped because someone <laughs> someone apparently didn't want him there and slashed his tires. And yeah, really. Um, I bet it was Lord Alfred Hayes. Oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> uh, what was the other thing? Oh, I think he talked to to uh, Vince about radio, like getting them into radio too. They did try that. That's they coming did, up. Yeah, we're we're gonna cover that. Definitely. Yep. Um, your friend, Steve Planamenta, a guy who's never been heard of by Bruce Pritchard, apparently. He was quoted as saying the WWF is sad to see Ric Flair leave and notes how great an asset he was for them. That's a nice thing to say. You actually don't hear that a lot, especially this time. I I don't think in general, like a guy goes to another company, work with you for two years and positive things are said about him. Um, we've touched on this before, but they always maintained um, a pretty positive relationship. By they, I mean Flair and Vince. And there wasn't um, there wasn't a negative parting of the ways there at all. Like that wasn't a situation where a couple broke up and they said it was mutual, but in reality they hate each other. Like that was mm-hmm. not the case. Mm-hmm. That was a very mutual thing that in a lot of ways was what we talked about a little bit ago. You know, there's not really anything left for me to do here. I did my couple of years. It was nice to be here. I appreciate the opportunity, but I'd really like to go. And Vince felt the exact same way. Yeah. It's funny too, because I know they've always said that in more recent years, but it's, it's cool to see this in print at the time because it's true. 
because I, I, I always took it as um, what you just said, like they were had a an amicable breakup, but in the you know backstage it wasn't that great. But not, I, I mean, from all proof here, in the time it happened, that's certainly the case. And you you brought up Pritchard a second ago. Yeah. <clears throat> After I get hired um, for my my promo on Cody in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I get to cut that promo on TV in Gorilla, I'm gonna call you and put you on speakerphone, and we're gonna yell at Bruce Pritchard together about Steve Planamenta. <laughs> we'll just start reading Steve Planamenta quotes. <laughs> and and really, sourcing Bruce, the not, torch. not ringing a bell, not ringing a yeah. bell, just really. We'll source the torch issue uh, page and paragraph it. They exist in. <laughs> uh, we talked about Chris Benoit a few weeks ago, or kind of in the, over the last few weeks. Um, his time could be short here. It was reported recently. Well, this week it's saying Benoit is missing his scheduled matches against Scorpio because he has left for a tour of Australia, and there's no word on any future with him in WCW. Uh, Paul E. was quoted as saying he's open to talking with WCW. Uh, he says he's a nice, he's a nice guy. He's open for business. He also says if Vince wants something, has something for him, rather, he'll talk to him as well. Back to WCW, if they have something for me, I'll talk to them. But first, we have this little matter to resolve, which uh, I assume he's talking about the uh, lawsuit or lawsuits that are happening. Yeah, Paul E. always keeping options open and. I mean, he does end up in the Northeast, so there's that. That's fair, yeah, absolutely. Um, on the February 9th TV tapings, Vader injured two jobbers, one with a broken nose, the other with a snapped vertebrae and pulled groin. Is there a worse combination, a snapped vertebrae and a pulled groin? Uh, hard to come up with one off the top of my head without yeah. like broken neck, but I guess snapped vertebrae is pretty close. Right, something that's not like that severe to your point. Broken neck obviously is worse, but uh, yeah. And I have to be super honest about something. If I'm a jobber and I pull up to the building, and back then they used whiteboards, right? Maybe mm. they still do. I don't know. But and and I saw my name next to Vader on the whiteboard. I would have gotten my car and gone home. Regardless <laughs> yeah, right. Of how much money I needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there was a Japanese wrestler here uh, sourced, not uh, not named. He says Vader needs to stop hurting people before getting the respect from other wrestlers. Um, I don't think the person has to be a Japanese wrestler to say that. I think that's a pretty obvious statement. Yeah, no kidding. This is pretty sweet for Jess Ventura. He's getting a, an extra 150000 a year for doing WCW Saturday Night which totals him now to 500,000 a year and he's he's right behind Sting and Ric Flair as the top earners in the company. Uh, that is just oh, no wonder Jim Ross was so upset. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that uh does lend credence to the 150 because I think we speculated on 3 to 350 a year when yeah. he originally Before. got signed. I think that was the number you and I threw around, so that right, makes perfect right. sense. Yeah, good call. Um, back to Flair. He's uh, said to not be wrestling until the June 15th class of champions. I think this has to do, it doesn't say in the um, in this issue at least, but uh, did we not read that there's some agreement where even though he's back in WCW, he technically can't be in the ring wrestling for a little while? Yeah, and I think the best example of this, it, it happens again in about five years, but 
if you remember when Brett was let go, he was allowed to be on Starcade, but he couldn't wrestle. Remember that? I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, I think it's the same situation. Super Brawl said to get a 0.3 to 0.4 buy rate. Uh, it was scheduled against the NWA or NWA NBA All-Star Game. Yeah, NWA had an All-Star Game in 93. I don't know if you remember. Um, <laughs> I wanted to quickly call this out because this is uh, some new information for this issue. But the there was a reader poll uh, information um, in this issue. Again, issue 216 for Super Brawl. We didn't talk about this last week, obviously, because it wasn't ready by then. Um, the average reader score for that event was 8.3, sort of really solid. The best match was voted Sting versus Vader at 41%, and uh, not really surprising whatsoever. The worst match was Dustin versus uh, Max Payne, and that got 38% of the vote. I'm surprised other things got votes for worst match on that card. Yeah, I uh, actually, that's that's good. I mean, I'll try to find that real quick to see where uh what other uh matches ranked um as i do that though there is more coming for wcw as far as pay-per-view goes there's a new pay-per-view being added in may um there's a note that it could be called slamboree um when i first read that i i first of all i think that's pretty accurate but when i first read that i realized is 93 the first year they introduced that pay-per-view? It just feels like an old-school kind of 80s name to me. It, see, it's funny you say that, because if you had asked me the first Slamboree, I would have told you it was closer to 95 or 96. Mm, okay, okay. So the upset end of the spectrum. Yeah, so I I don't know. That one in uh, – what's the other one that had the really stupid name that was in, like, March or something? Um the dumb oh, uncensored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always lump those in together as like being new for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, uncensored is definitely like a mid '90s vibe. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. So back to your question. All of those they were bad. They were really bad. Uh, Worst matches. So number one was Rhodes versus Payne, 38%. Uh, British Bulldog versus Bill Irwin, 35%. Eh. And (laughs) the last one just has initials of all the wrestlers, so I don't even remember offhand who these people are. EW and MB versus SA and BP. Eric Watts and Buff Bagwell (laughs) against Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. My my brain was not computing this whatsoever. Uh, That got 15%. I don't think that's fair. I well, I don't think it's fair for the Bulldog and Irwin thing either, because that's a glorified squash. You can't rate it, that the it same. It was, but it was it was bad. But yeah, right, it it wasn't. But that that tag match was. I mean, Eric Watts and 
Bagwell weren't great, but like they, I mean, we talked about this. I thought they worked hard. They tried. And of course, I'm, Pillman and Austin, as always, were, were great. No, the people that voted for that are because they hate Eric Watts. It's the same yeah. people that voted in this year's Observer Awards. That's who those people are. Listen, Todd Martin already had a rant on that and the fix. And you had your rant this week. I don't know if we want to go down that road again. Are you are you seriously defending those things? No, not at all. No, no, no. Okay. That's not where I'm going at all. I'm just Got trying it. to poke fun at the, the your rant. You, I mean, we have one one show, right? Is that is that our max? <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. I'm not going to go off about it. I'm just bringing up <laughs> that it's probably the same people. No, yeah, it's fair. That's fair. Um, now that Bill Watts is gone, though, here's an interesting little tidbit. The mats have returned to ringside, so uh, the concrete is now covered and not no longer exposed. Yeah, they were there for the pay-per-view, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were because uh, yeah. Cactus pulled it back to get that sunset flip, which was just incredibly dumb. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. The complete irony of that, too. The first show they're back, they pull him up. <laughs> exactly, of course. <laughs> to his credit, though, I mean, and just like the nature of wrestling, if you have them and then you pull them away, that's more impactful than not having them. Agreed. It's more dangerous that way. I mean, it's yeah, whatever. Um, speaking of Watts, his son, Eric, looks like his push has ended. Oh, gee, I wonder why. Yeah, right. Um. Anything else on WCW? Eric Watts should have just come out and talked about his dad the whole time. That'll get that would have gotten him so much more over. That's fair. He could have turned heel pretty easily there too. I mean, officially, he's kind of already healed because no one likes him. But oh no, no, no! The talking about your daddy thing only works if you're the number one face. Oh. <laughs> I I missed your I missed your thing there. Well, at least Cody's dad, it was someone like a lot of people still respect. That's the big difference between him and Watts. Fair enough. Well, somebody that we haven't really talked much at all about since we've been doing this show is Dutch Mantel. He uh, has a torch talk here with Wade. I I, I think usually Wade lets us know if um, there's multiple uh, issues of this coming out or parts rather but uh, this might be a one-parter it was conducted on january 15th uh, wade asks him about his ability to do color commentary they talk a lot about that actually and dutch says his ability all stems from uh, long boring road trips he says you have to do something to make the time go f- uh, fast so that's where all his bs comes from which is kind of funny um says the only thing he really does is just remove the cursing and pretty much does the same stuff and says the same stuff that he'd stay on those road trips. Um, he says he just wings it. He doesn't write anything down. Uh, the only thing he does is if he's specifically told to say something or insert something in his commentary, that's where he will certainly do that. But other than that, he's kind of just doing it on the fly. Um, he also mentioned his wife says she gives him a lot of witty things to say. So he credits her for those as well. Um, just pausing for a second here did this is a shame too because there's not a lot of wcw tv to watch like old stuff and i think i think he was on worldwide 
And it's like that doesn't unless you recorded it, like you can't easily access access that rather like and I was I was just reading this interview and I felt bad because I don't really know. I know him, of course, but I don't really know his work on commentary that well. Yeah, neither do I. Um, my main exposure to Dutch Mantel, other than the weird Zeb Coulter character, which I, yeah. did, I did like, but most of my exposure to him was as the booker in TNA. Oh, I kind of forgot that was even a thing, yeah. Yeah. What era would that be? Like, what uh, most era? Of the, could, but... m- most of the early stuff. Oh, uh, earlier? Okay. Like... When so they were pre-Hogan? Really, yes, yes, way pre-Hogan. Like, their hot period, he was one of the big people in that company. Like, when Raven was pretty... Yep. Kind of revived him himself? Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, that was, that was a good era. <clears throat> he worked a lot with, with uh, Russo and uh, okay. Cornette, et cetera, et cetera. Got it. Uh, he goes on to talk about himself in the business. He says he's been in it for 20 years. He doesn't really see himself getting out of it. And he says it's actually pretty hard to, for anyone to get out of it, um, which probably sounds about right. Um, in his time in wrestling, he's seen the boon that Vince has created, but that caused a reaction, and the business is at a low point. He thinks it will b- bounce back, though. He does go out of his way to call Vince a genius, Um basically for Vince being able to see the need to go national and actually doing it and being successful at it. He mentions Dickie Steinborn from Georgia. Someone has who he looked up to. I didn't know that name offhand. It sounded familiar, um, but certainly before our time. Um, He called him a great worker. He talked highly of his matches against Jody Hamilton, which I believe is the father of Nick Patrick, the referee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he spoke about how he was the f- he was first asked to work an hour match, and how by then he knew every trick in the book to hold the audience. Kind of uses that as a way to uh, not f- fully put down what's happening in current day wrestling, but uh, kind of yes. in a way. He talks about working with Tony Schiavone. He really liked working with Tony Schiavone, and I think that was on the Worldwide show that we talked about. Um, he said WCW made a mistake when they broke the two of them up. Uh, he talks about Dusty. We talked about we talked about Dusty, but he talked about Dusty. He says he doesn't call himself one of Dusty's guys. Say, says they were in the same territory twice, and yet he was quote unquote slammed twice, which I meant I took to mean as a fire twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you can imagine, Wade asks more about Dusty because it seemed to pique his interest. Um, agrees he did uh, Dutch agrees with Wade that Dusty used the same finish a little too often and then once really he became you know a booker on a national basis is really when it got a little old I mean that's that's the obvious thing he said he could really get away with it once it was in the territorial days where um, the national stage wasn't uh, shining a light on a lot of this stuff so that made a lot of sense for sure um he was told by WCW when he was on commentary not to talk about wrestlers' histories and kind of where they've been and what they've done, uh, and especially not to mention their time in the WWF. That sounds like a Vince thing for sure, which so I'm not really against that. But I always liked it as a fan to hear um, the rare times, you know, promotions would 
mention someone's history, which is kind of cool. Um, he says as a commentator, he'd had to bat he had to battle through things to say, especially after a four hour taping. And then he goes back to talking about Tony Schiavone, he says he's very funny, uh, more so when he's not wrapped up in the business. That reminded me of the time that um, or like the the you know, well, I guess it's the time that um, Bobby Keenan would talk about Tony Schiavone. And like toward the end of WCW, I think everyone really hated their lives, but Tony really got wrapped up in that stuff. And I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, but it sounded like uh, kind of he was like a changed guy in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, I've heard the same thing. And I, I mean, again, we'll get there, but <clears throat> it's it's hard to blame anybody for the last years of WCW where they're literally reacting on the air to stuff they didn't know was going to happen and they don't know yeah. what to say and what they're supposed to push and not push. And I mean, you can imagine how frustrating that would be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, but Shivani's really redeemed himself. Um, I know you don't watch AEW much, but have you really followed, I would say, his redemption tour? But it's happening. It's been happening for a few years now, so it's nothing new necessarily. Uh, I know he's spoken highly of, and I know that at this point, <clears throat> he's probably better right now than Jim Ross is, but that's about all I know. Yeah, so much so that Ross is barely on the shows. He's only on Rampage and on the pay-per-view that just happened, Revolution. I think he was the first, definitely two matches, but maybe three matches, and then he was he was done for the night. I always wonder why he works. I think it's just the love of it. I mean, honestly. Yeah, but he hates all the travel. He doesn't yeah. need the money. Like yeah. you would think that he could work out a deal with them where he could show up like twice a year and just have some fun and call some stuff and then leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't get why he doesn't do that. That's probably the better way for me to put it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think it's just always, you know, you're right. You, you reach, I would, I, I don't know this personally, but I imagine you reach an age where money, you know, you're successful enough that where money is not an, something you need necessarily. It's always a nice thing to have. But when you reach kind of that limit, it's like, what what are we going to do now? Just do something that I enjoy. And I assume that's what he's where he's at. Yeah. You know, I was never down on him. I know a lot of people are, but I I, um, I still enjoy hearing him. I, um, I yeah, still think he's, he's the greatest of all time. I've just heard that. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe maybe like a football coach who doesn't understand the ways that football has evolved. Maybe he's in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's a fair criticism. I think that's, that's um, come up from time to time, even, you know, since he's been in AEW. Uh, back to Dutch Mantel. He says one day he asked Tony Chivani about them doing commentary together. And Tony went to go tell Oli, who was in charge at the time. Um, Oli just said, hey, why don't you go out there and just do it? Then Dusty Rhodes came in, took over, and Dutch was out the door. Uh, He says Dusty wanted more wrestling in his announcing, and that's where they replaced Dutch with uh, uh, Gordon Soli. Dutch had 
some negative thing to say. He didn't have anything negative personally to say about uh, Gordon, but just having Tony and and uh, Gordon be you know two straight men talking about wrestling versus one straight man and one funny guy kind of bouncing off each other, which is what him and Tony did well. Uh, we didn't really think that it, that jived that all that well. Um, the other thing that was interesting, and I, I'd like your take here, but he talks about Jim Ross and Paulie as a tandem too. Um, he didn't think they j- jived very well together in the sense that they were trying to one up one another versus again going back to himself and Tony, you know, bettering each other and kind of working off of one another versus trying to battle one another for like kind of that top billing. And because, you know, you really like that tandem in uh, early 2000s. Did you have any feedback there? And that's what's interesting that you bring up. I do see his point for them in the early 90s. As you get to the their second stint together, though, I don't think that's the case at all. I, I don't feel like they were just trying to outdo each other the whole time. Like, Paulie's going to come off that way because he's just kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. But I thought the second time they worked well together. The first time, I get it. But again, Paulie was very young and trying to get himself over and blah, blah, blah. So there's some of that, too. Mm -hmm. On, On the other side, what do you think of the pairing when they do two, like, straight lace guys together? Because I always hate that. Yeah, it doesn't. No, I agree with what he's saying here. I agree with you, too. It doesn't really work. Um, It's not I'm trying to think like who who comes to mind that you've actually heard that are two straight lace guys. That were a recurring pair. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows. With ads and plugs removed, the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Like what? Here's one pay-per-view that comes to mind. Like '94 Survivor Series. I think it's Gorilla and Vince, which is kind of a weird pairing. Yeah, which is awful. Very strange. I think it's Gorilla's last pay-per-view too, actually. But like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. What? Like, what? What is Vince gonna say that Gorilla would disagree with, or vice versa? Exactly. And you it's know? funny because like when you sit here and you list like the best duos of all time. Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross, Bobby and Gorilla, Bobby and Shivani, Shivani and Ventura, mm-hmm. Ventura mm-hmm. and McMahon. You, they all have that. There's yes. not one pairing that you talk about that's like, oh, my dream pairing. That's like, like nobody says their dream pairing is Shivani and Jim Ross. Or, <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah. says that. The only so I want to just say one caveat to this because I'm thinking of current day now. In AEW, they do have so Excalibur is like the ultimate straight man, right? Um, no nonsense. <laughs> yeah, that's the only caveat. But like, really, his commentary is very straight laced, etc. 
Shivani is kind of the goofy, like, older guy, but, like, is wowed by all the new stuff, which actually works well. And they do mix in Taz. Um, but before Taz was uh, part of the, the full-on commentary team, it was Jim Ross. So they had three guys, actually, that were pretty much all straight-laced in a way. And it kind of worked because I think the style of their wrestling that they're calling is more the quote-unquote pro-wrestling and yeah, there's go- there's goofy stuff, but um, you can get away with that because it's more action based versus storyline based. So that kind of did work. I will I will call that out a little bit. But it's 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 definitely not the norm. Yeah, and th- well, I don't know. Do you like the three guys though? Because I feel uh, like three people is just people talking over each other. I cannot stand that. And they do they do talk over at some point. But no, it's it's it doesn't bother me. I, I got to be honest. Generally speaking, it's not my cup of tea. But that pairing now it's now it's Excalibur, Shivani, and Taz, and I think Taz gives that flavor. Um, that helps. Yeah, I like Taz actually. I know it's kind of surprising, but I I don't mind him. Yeah, I think he's he's uh, proved himself pretty well. It's been he's been doing it for like twenty years now. It's hard to believe. Yeah, it is. Um, he goes on to say, Dutch Mantel, that is, uh, if he was not in wrestling, he'd likely be in media of some sort or business. Very general. What are you gonna do? I want to do media or business. Uh, he's, he ends by saying he would take a lot back from his wrestling career, mainly the timing of things. And one example he gives was his short stint in the Charlotte era or area, um, kind of before they hit it big, I think was his point. He didn't outright say that, but he was there in 1980 and a very short stint. He left soon after. So he doesn't go into too many details there, but he kind of gives you an idea of, uh, him just not maybe being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, he's looking at companies that made more money after he left and wished he could have cashed in, is what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, Where is he now? Is he doing anything that you're aware of actively? I don't think so. He might Unless, be on, like, like, weird retainer with uh, WWE or, I mean, he's appeared in, like, some documentaries and stuff but that might have been when he was employed doing the stuff mm. with swagger right or yeah like i was gonna say does he does, you know because i'm not i'm not really versed in uh what impact does i know they have some good wrestlers but i don't really actively watch their their promotion i'm just curious like is he one of their guys that's randomly like working for them uh i'd maybe but to my knowledge his connection was always to jeff jarrett and oh, with, okay. With Jeff not being there, I don't. I I would guess no, but I mean, I, I guess he could be friends with Scott Demore. Right. Yeah. There there might be a connection. I I really don't know. I'm just curious. Anything else on this uh, tour shock? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, he goes into some areas. Like I said, I felt bad. I didn't really know his commentary work, so I didn't have much recall for that. But uh, otherwise, I thought it was a fine interview. No, I did too. I agree. Yep. All right. Moving into the last segment of the show, Below the Bottom Line. It's all about Hulk Hogan and whether he will help pro wrestling being back. 
Um, Wade suggests that he will, but maybe not for the right reasons. He says, uh, he starts this by describing a certain female Hogan fan that he sees on all at all the Minneapolis shows. He describes her in pretty good detail. She's decked out in full Hogan merchandise. Um, she's been there whether Hogan is on the shows or not. Uh, this is the type of person who doesn't care about his lies or his steroid use. Just the superhero portrayed on television. Then Wade pivots and starts describing a younger male and that, you know, that group that attend the shows and boo the bad guys and boo Hogan specifically. Wade's point is to say neither of these fans are ones WWF needs to cater to, since they will likely be attending shows no matter what. Where WWF needs to focus is on the type of fan that's in between what Wade calls the casual fan. 30 years later, we're still talking about the casual fan and how companies can attain that level of fan. Kind of cool, isn't it? it or it or is. maddening? I don't know. It, well, I mean, it's both. And we saw the, the bottom line is they know the way to get them. And it's it's just happened twice. But unfortunately, it's kind of an organic thing. And you can't really, if you could bottle it and sell it, you know, these two companies would be making more money than they already are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but we have seen it twice rock and wrestling in the mid eighties with the original Hogan boom. And then with the attitude era with, with Steve Austin in the nineties. And I don't know what's happened since then, because based on the first couple of timelines, like you would make the assumption that we would have had another boom by now. But it just hasn't happened. Um, you know, view, viewership for SmackDown is awesome right now and is growing. So maybe we're on the cusp of it. I, I don't know. But in my opinion, <clears throat> I, I have a lot of respect for John Cena. Uh, and I think I think he is probably if you made a, a WWF Mount Rushmore, he's probably an easy shoe in for a third spot behind Hogan and Austin. But I don't think he ever reached the transcendent levels that the two of them did. And I think that's a big part of it that we haven't had somebody reach those levels. But the other part of it too, is that I don't know if we've captured necessarily what's cool. Um, in the mainstream all at once like they did both of those times but i don't know like as an adult i don't know if there's anything that they can do to do that at this point just because of the simple fact that like everything seems to be so niche and at your fingertips now i don't know if there could be another quote-unquote wrestling fad that just sweeps (laughs) up everybody like it's just so hard now yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I think that's right on. I think the only thing I would add is just the um, super, what's the word, um, dissection of media and, like, how people consume things. And I think that's uh, wrestling falls right within that. So, you know, I talked. we talked about my kids watching as many TV shows they want in a row without commercials. It's kind of like that. There's so many options out there. 
that how does wrestling break through and become that um that next level like it used to be i don't know if we'll ever see it and maybe to your point like the boon that we're seeing now the little boon is the closest we'll get and yeah and that's that's the other big part of it is that unfortunately you know i i know you like AEW, and and i'm on the other side of the fence and the bloodline storyline is great i don't know if there's anything in AEW that is as close because it's more of an ensemble type of deal. But even even as good as the Bloodline story is, I don't know if that's going to pull people in. Hmm. And the thing is now, like, like I got into Game of Thrones late in the de- in the game, right? I could easily go back and catch up on the show, but. Like, there's not really an easy way. I I guess there's a YouTube video or something that has been made, but there's not, like, a super easy way to see all the stuff from the Bloodline, you know, in a week and get myself all caught up. Right. Like, Like, I would turn it on now and, like, I hear this is great, but I don't understand why Jimmy and Jay have this weird dynamic now and who's this redheaded guy and why is he so mad at these people? Like, it's not that they're not doing a good job explaining. It's just, it's a hard thing to jump in after the fact. Yep. And there's a lot of stuff in wrestling. That's like that. Side note to that. Do you think they're going to release or, I mean, maybe this is obvious question. I'll call it a DVD, but some sort of kind of documentary on uh, this, uh, to your point, like people can go back and, and view it more linear, linearly. Uh, maybe years down the line, the they yeah. they did do something on YouTube that's like an hour and ten minutes or something. That's oh, all okay. of their segments. But unfortunately, like the other thing too, and we talk about stuff that hits the mainstream. Like I don't know if you've watched The Last of Us yet, but that's like no, my wife's really into that, but no, I haven't. But there you go. See, your wife's really into that. I'm really into that. That's yeah. something that that is kind of sweeping the nation, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But they do those little after the episode things or inside the episode right. or whatever the hell they call that. Mm-hmm. And that helps, too. You know, it brings context to this stuff. And, like, that's literally what you and I do here every week. But it jumping into wrestling, that's not as easy to get unless you're – you know, going to spend money on the torch or, or whatever that is. And it's just, it's just hard because there's so much out there. And if you do want to dive into the wrestling world, you can do all that and you can go find all that stuff. But we would both be lying if we were saying it was, wasn't significantly more work than purchasing HBO max. <laughs> right. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, in this show, this is easy, quote unquote, for us to do because we lived a lot of this or we invested all this time to watch what we're talking about, basically, whether we lived it in real time or not is a different exactly. story. But we invested all this time and a lot of it we did live in in real time, maybe not 1993, but like, you know, a few years after this. Um, but maybe there's there, there, I'm sure there's listeners to us to this show that, you know, is living this for the maybe the first time or hearing a lot of this for the first time. And it's all new to them. So that's kind of a fun way to think about it. 
just as much. But you're right. I mean, it is hard to break through uh, into this business that, you know, if you just take the WWF slash Hogan era of the WWF, it's 40 years right there. Oh, yeah. To catch up on. Yeah. So. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices, or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. Well, speaking of Hogan, um, getting back to this below the, bo- 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 below the bottom line. So Wade does talk about this type of fan a little bit more. He says, much like the voters in a presidential election, the ones that neither vote Republican or neither uh, can either rather consider themselves Republican or consider themselves Democrat. Those that third kind of section of voter are the ones that uh, the WBF um, really helps them get that national interest. So it's like that third, you know, section of the, of the voter that really puts the presidential election over, so to speak. Um, those types of fans care more about the image, the sound bites, um, kind of like that MTV era from that, that same era in in the early 90s. Um, Wade says one year ago, the fear at Titan Towers was about advertisers ditching them, but that fear seemed to subside as advertisers didn't care about Terry Bollea's issues, but they cared about superhero Hulk Hogan. That's because fans only cared about Hogan as a character, not as a person, as in Terry Bollea. Uh, unless Hogan does something so heinous, he will live as long as Balea wants him to. Vince will accept bothering a few people who don't want to see Balea on TV, all for the money and entertainment that the Hulk Hogan character brings. Wade tells readers not to get self-righteous, as we all somehow support products that are just as corrupt. He says the solution is to have less people in power that are as corrupt, but those people are wrapped up in it just as much. He ends by saying WWF will be more successful in 93 with Hogan back in the fold. <laughs> Any thoughts to that last part? Uh, the last part does not age well, Wade. Sorry. <laughs> not, nece- <laughs> no, not necessarily, yeah. Um, it, it's funny something else you brought up. Do you think that's a bigger deal now? Which like, part? The, the type of person somebody is. I think we as a society make it sound like it's a bigger deal, but only when the person's caught. Yeah, that's what I mean, is yeah. is when it's convenient, it's a big mm-hmm. deal. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with that. And I, I'm just curious, because that's the other thing when we talk about wrestling, too, that when you talk about the casual fan, like, I 
still think that it holds true as far as wrestling goes, because I don't necessarily think the casual fan that is drawn to an act like RK bro and riddle and his particular lifestyle. I don't know if they necessarily care about the allegations that have been made against him. I think that's a lot of smarky stuff. And those are the people that care about that just mm-hmm. to bring that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I tend to agree. And it's and kind that's... of the same thing when we talk about some of the short guys. And I don't like this guy getting pushed because blah, blah, blah. And I want Johnny Gargano to get pushed. Well, I hate to tell you this, but your son is not seeing Johnny Gargano and going, wow, that guy's so cool. He looks like some dude that lives down the street from you. <laughs> Well, similar but different to what you're saying. I mean, Vince McMahon is a perfect example of someone who does did come up with heinous crimes, and yet he walked on TV the very next day or the same day, and people were cheering him. <clears throat> yeah, I know. You know, I I reported on that. I had to yeah. report on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the perfect example. Is, yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, those of us in the know were, you know, I think I literally typed, I cannot believe this is happening right now. But, yeah. you know, you step back from it for a second and go, well, yeah, yeah, I can. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, it was a black, it was a black eye for, I think, the business that, that day. I really think so. Maybe because it just happened. We don't talk about it too much. But I bet if we look back as this, as years progress, like that'll be a torch issue. People read and go, wow, that really happened. I know. Maybe I when know. we're in our late uh, 60s, you and I, mid to late 60s, you and I will do it, still be doing this show and talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> No, because the problem is, like, first of all, we have to slog through, like, 95, but that's okay, because it's only a year, and there is, like, some fun stuff here and there, and some good matches and stuff like that, but, like, when we get to the point where we have to slog through, like, 2008 through 2011, like, consecutively, it's going to be like, Pat, I I don't (laughs) think think we should do the show anymore. I know. (laughs) We'll have to do, like... We'll have to start like the end of '91 and go backwards. Yeah, exactly. Where we stopped or started. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be something like that because you just get to the point where, again, like '95 is pretty bad, and that's going to be a rough year. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there, like, at least we can make fun of like the Dungeon of Doom. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Like Smiley Diesel and stuff like that, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. But when you get to like where it's three years in a row or four years in a row, that's tough. And then just to add to that, like the, a lot of the guys you're talking about in that era that in like the two thousands, like they, they didn't do anything in the business, right? Like, no, exactly. There, but th- nothing they, happens to them later. At least that, in the nineties, you could say, Oh, well, this guy's going to do something in two years. And that's, what's you funny know? about, about you saying that is like, you look at 95 and for as much crap as there is, you could at least get a pop out of me five years later by having half of those guys show up in a Royal Rumble. Sure, sure. If you use that same period of time we just talked about and have them show up in a Royal Rumble five years later, it's like, yeah, and? <laughs> like, who? Like, I, oh, Ken Doan. Oh, awesome. I'm so excited <laughs> to see him. Well, that's a name for the past for sure. I thought he was going to work out. Oof, oh, yeah, so yeah. Dumb teenager, Alex. (laughs) 
Well, anything else for issue 216 before we get a preview for next week? Uh, no, I'm ready whenever you are. All right, I'm ready. So we have a barn burner headline news story with the debut of Arn Anderson in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He teamed with the Rock and Roll Express against the Heavenly Bodies at a taping. So we'll talk about this next week, I'm sure. But where the heck's he been? I don't know. The the thing that's noteworthy there, and I thought that's what you were going to say, is keep in mind that uh, Bobby Eaton is a part of the Heavenly Bodies. And the last time we saw them, they were teaming together. So they're actually against each other here. Right. Right. Yeah, I do. I mean, the last thing I can remember him, too, was like, you know, in the torch as far as reporting goes, was just uh, him maybe being on his way out. So I don't remember him being mentioned at all lately. Yeah, I I this is where he goes. I assume he's on loan. I, I would assume he's still under contract of some sort. Just because of what happens later, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe right. not. Uh, also, reader rhetoric on uh, Carrie Von Erich. Uh, Torch Talk with Dutch Mantel, part two. This one is about Ole Anderson, so that should be very interesting and probably okay. pretty negative. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> r- ringside beat on Randy Savage against Jerry Lawler, which we covered a little bit earlier. And Mark Madden on his fond memories of Carrie Von Erich. Or are they fond? Oh, my gosh. Leave it to uh, <laughs> Madden for something like that. Okay. Um, anything else? Or would you like to tell the fine people out there uh, where they can find you? Yes, we are on PW Torch every Friday with this show, the PW Torch 90s Passcast. Also, I am on PW Torch on Friday nights as a part of SmackDown coverage alongside Wade Keller. Again, PWTorch.com. And for anybody who wants to rant and get upset at me over the comments made about uh, your hero, Cody Rhodes, you can reach us at PassCast at, I'm sorry, TorchPassCast at gmail.com. See, I'm hoping there's going to be a lot of people emailing us to uh, rally behind you for what I, you said. I, I really wish you were right, but unfortunately, I'm on the internet, and I've gotten to the point now. <laughs> oh, you are? Where, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I use Reddit, and I've mm. gotten to the point now that I will not comment on the Reigns and road situation yeah. or anything to do with Liv Morgan, because I just get downvoted to oblivion by all these morons that are on the internet that are, have these blinders on and, and oh, it's very frustrating. So I'm staying out of it. Well, maybe I'll email torch pass gas or gmail.com and just give you, uh, I'll, I'll give you some backing just to make you feel better. <laughs> You'll use a pseudonym. That'd be yeah, great. exactly. <laughs> Uh, thanks very much, Alex. I am also on the torch every Friday evening. It's like Friday's like our our uh, torch day for all the f- wonderful things we do. I'm covering AW Rampage on the torch. So you can find me there, and of course, your co-host each and every week here on the '90s Passcast. Thanks, Alex. As always, until next week, we'll talk to you then. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. 
Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app, and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week, so subscribe, even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. We've got a PW Torch VIP sale going on this month. If you are interested in becoming a VIP member, you can get $6 off any subscription. That brings a one-month sub down to 4 bucks, And you can listen to our AEW Revolution post-event roundtable. Todd Martin, Rich Fan, and I discuss the event for about an hour right after the show ended exclusively for VIP members. You also will get the WrestleMania post-show roundtables following night one and night two at the beginning of next month as part of that deal and you get everything in between i have brought back the ask the editor version of the wade keller hotline the last two wednesdays we've dropped that with me responding with long form answers to a wide array of topics and the focus on aw and focus on wwe insider news updates with my expanded analysis have also been brought back more frequently lately including breakdowns of minute-by-minute numbers for Dynamite and SmackDown in two recent updates, and also behind-the-scenes news on Bray Wyatt and how he's being written and by whom, and other exclusive backstage notes and insights. We also are running our 18 Years Ago podcast series on the nearly 18th anniversary of podcasts when they were originally published back in 2005. We feature them on the PW Torch VIP podcast feed. This includes our post-pay-per-view roundtables and also Wade Keller hotlines with a ton of insider news. And right now, this week, we are running a series of podcasts detailing with incredible behind-the-scenes details, sometimes excruciating details, on what was going on with Edge, Lita, and Matt Hardy in that uh, kind of love triangle controversy of 2005 that uh, changed the course of, of several careers. At the time, I reported a ton of details on how the locker room was reacting to them, uh, how Vince McMahon, if he was involved, because Vince was actually away with his injury at that time, uh, if he was involved, and just uh, the, the ups and downs and the drama of everything that, that blew up behind the scenes there. It's also the beginning, 18 years ago, of John Cena and Batista's push, and there's a lot of fun analysis of what we thought of them 
at the beginning of their upward trajectory. I could go on. There's just so many great VIP exclusive features. You get these shows ad-free and plug-free, and you get access to our ad-free Lightning Fast VIP website with all the content that's on the free site, plus bonus content, including the roundtable reviews in written format from the Torch staff of AEW Revolution. We'll be doing that for WrestleMania coming up also, plus exclusive columns and more. So go VIP, pwtorch.com slash go VIP. The coupon code to get $6 off, and you can apply that $6 coupon to a one-month, a three-month, or a one-year sub. But again, that brings a one-month sub down to $4 for everything I just mentioned and more. The coupon code is March 23. March 23. Enter that when you sign up at pwtorch.com slash govip. And yes, we are compatible with the Apple Podcasts app. When you sign up, you'll get an email and you click on that link and it authorizes you. No advanced settings, no passwords, nothing complicated. And we are compatible with many other podcast apps in a similar way. pwtorch.com slash govip. March 23. It's a good time to go VIP.